Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we are breaking down what happened to those 80s and 90s fashion brands, right? That so many of us knew growing up when we saw them in department stores, just they were everywhere, right? They were. And we see a lot of these brands in the thrift stores today. But is there any value to them? And what actually happened to those companies? And what brands are still selling clothes today? Because I think you'll be surprised that some of these brands are still a thing today. Yeah, absolutely. I know I know we were during our research. We were really surprised and shocked. But uh, like we said, our episode today is filled with history and how you can apply this information to your reselling business. So let's get into it and we'll see you at the table. Um, so I think before we get into the episode itself, we wanted to like give a breakdown to you guys about the 80s and 90s brands that exist or or what the 80s and 90s fashion era really looked like I guess before we get into the brand so we're going to break it up with fashion talk what did it look like in the 80s and 90s and then give you the brands and the reselling and all that kind of stuff Jen and I were just like reminiscing about some of the brands <laughs> and how like they were just to us they were almost like luxury brands at the time and um, they were so hard to come by or they were super expensive and not in our price range. And now we, now we look at some of them and we're like, oh my God, like I would like, it, it's just crazy how things change like that. <laughs> um, I think the brand, and, and Jen, I'll ask you before I go into the history. I think the, the, sorry, the era that resonates the most with me is probably nineties more so than eighties. Yeah, I would think so too. I think I was just too young in the eighties to really- understand fashion um and I was more interested in like what cartoon character was on my shirt (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I just like even as an adult like 80s is cool it's fun but it doesn't resonate with me the way the 90s does I agree I agree but I think like we said the reason why we wanted to include both 80s and 90s is because we've seen such a huge resurgence right um of like 80s 90s even like you know 2000s fashions um and but we feel like so much has stemmed and started from these two eras and it's it's two eras I think that a lot of people have kind of dismissed for a really long time when it comes to fashion because it was all about for the longest time and even to today you're still going to see a lot of influence for like 60s and 70s and then now all about like the 50s housewife dresses and the silhouettes that they come from if you look at like things like reformation that's where a lot of their inspiration actually comes from from like the 1950s so there's a lot more that is pulled from those eras um than there has typically been in the 80s and 90s However, that has not been the case over the past, you know, two or three years. It feels like fashion houses and influencers, everyone is really starting to dive deep into these two eras um, because they are really affecting what fashion is doing today. Yeah. And I think to go off of what you just said, the 80s and 90s is when fashion really diversified because anything previous to that, you can see a little bit in the 60s and 70s, but really in women's fashion, more so than anything, it started to diversify in the 80s, where it was almost, like there was a clear distinction. There was lots of different types of women's fashion. It wasn't just the traditional either, you know, flowy dress or the modest dress. Like there were very particular styles that were relevant for females. I mean, just jeans alone weren't really a thing for women until the 80s to begin with. So I think, right. I think it's... um 
it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves because it really did help influence a lot of the styles that us as women wear today. Um, men's fashion evolves every every era. It's different, right? I mean, they have their basic sets and it kind of evolves, but the way women's fashion evolved, evolved from the 80s to now, say the last 35 plus years, it's really taken its own shape and form. And I really do think it's because of the women of the 80s and 90s that took that bold stance that just didn't do it before. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, why don't we just start a little bit yeah. with kind of like the history and the things that we've been seeing? Because we, I know we are absolute passion junkies and yeah. love all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so hopefully you do as well. I think it's always really interesting to kind of understand and get an idea as to like, what was kind of all the stuff about, right? Mm-hmm. And this is great for our vintage sellers too, because I think it gives it they already know a lot of insight on this, but I think it gives them clarity and confirmation that what they're picking up is working, right? And it's what people want. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's start with the 80s. And I'll I'll say what it says here, but when I think of 80s, I think of like crazy hair, right? Neon colors, mm-hmm. lots of like over the top, bold shoulders, like everything was very exaggerated. We have power suits, we've got flashy skirts we've got spandex leggings and tights we've got velour we've got leg warmers we have parachute pants like there's it was bold the 80s was bold it was all about color it was all about really looking unique and different we start to see the influence of streetwear kind of come into the 80s and move into the 90s so really fashion 1980s began because it started to change the way of like the hippie era, right? Everything from the 60s and 70s had a very specific look. And in the 80s, we started to shift away from that look and go more into, um, I'd say, here it says the yuppie look, but I feel like it's a mix. It's not, I feel like yuppie is a mix of 80s and 90s. I wouldn't say that it's all 80s, but there was this element of like, the Princess Diana look, right? Like showing your showing wealth, but then there was this other element of comfort. It was like a mix of both. Yeah, I think to me, a lot of it is where you think of 60s and 70s fashions as effortless and like flowy, yep. free, you know, like you said about like kind of hippie type of feel. Um, 80s was all about like structure, but mm-hmm. not in a bad way. It was more just about like being bold and powerful. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was so much when you think of everything they did was all about like bold and powerful. You know, a lot of women were entering in the workforce at this time yeah. too. So it was like focusing on like that whole like woman power suit. What is this woman going to be wearing both from night and day? Like, like we just said, like women's history in general was changing a lot during this time as well. So it was all about being able to express yourself in all different facets of your life. But all of that alluded to like power. That's how yeah. I think of it. And yeah. then also like 80s is also where I feel like people started thinking about the future and like how, like, what could the future look like? What, what are the 2000s going to look like? Yeah. What is all that going to look like? So it's like so much of that element is built into that fashion of like the future as well, which is where those like fun, bold colors come from, or like different types of fabrics were coming into play at this time as well. So it was like, that was something that had never been seen before too and playing around with those silhouettes and those fabrics and what did they do for the body the other thing too is a television now is in almost every home in the 80s so 60s and 70s not necessarily there were still people that did not have tvs in the 60s and 70s i know it sounds weird but like 
not everyone or if they did have one it was very limited what they could see or you know it was just a different experience so in the 80s you've got networks like mtv being on the scene and you've got all different fashion trends and styles popping up on mt it's so wild to think that mtv was like in the 80s was such a big deal but it was 80s and 90s was a big deal for mtv yeah and this is where you start to see like those bold colors and patterns start to come into play for the 80s it just really helped um put the styles out there now that mtv was like a thing and people were watching it and that's kind of where they got their inspiration from the celebrities that used to go on that show and i remember when i was younger and i used to watch mtv like middle school, high school, I used to get inspiration from the celebrities that used to go on there all the time or the real world or any of those shows that I watched. That was our inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. I I think magazines and television is really where the inspiration was at. So anything that people would, would wear back then, it was like, I have to have that. That's the new big thing. So like we said, definitely. Yeah. Like television movies played such a huge role. Right. Um, and again, it was like, even though on TV, sometimes you would have really exaggerated portions and fashion within there. So lots of times by the time they would hit the store, they would be sometimes a little bit more watered down yeah. I, I, I would say you know <laughs> yeah I agree so some of the um you know some of the styles that people really looked up to at the time was Miami Vice which was a really popular tv show men really looked to those styles that came from that show um a lot of like casual t-shirts came into play with designer jackets so very similar to what we're seeing today like really basic t-shirts with like some bold exaggerated bomber jacket or something um we're also seeing suits that were pastel or bold colors so this is where that comes in for men again it's from the tv shows that are out there what the celebrities are wearing um this is really interesting because this is big right now with the kids loafers and boat shoes were popular at this time and were worn without socks it was the style to wear your sleeves pushed up and your jackets open this is 100 what all the boys are doing in high school when they went to prom and everything like this is yeah. any of the college kids for their formals this that that is what they're doing today Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. No. And then of course there's like other, again, more TV shows, right? When we think of like um, Hawaiian shirts, bold prints, that whole thing because of Magnum PI, that was huge, oh, huge too. show. Lots of people would also kind of mimic that, that type of style. And then of course, eighties leather, leather, leather everywhere. Right. And we all know, we've talked about this, that leather is big, even for this summer, which is crazy. I don't understand why because it's so hot right now. You will um, not catch me wearing leather, but okay. You won't catch me wearing leather either. <laughs> um, but at least not until fall. Um, right, but, right, not right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's very much in. I actually just um, rented, right, from Rent the Runway, a you leather gotta jacket. You got to do your Rent the Runway uh, series. We got to do that. We do, we do. But <laughs> I rented a jacket too that I put it on. I It was just... I thought I could wear it at nighttime, but I was like, it was way too hot, but it was still, it was just like a double breasted coat. And I remember putting it on and my mom said, I had a jacket just like that in the eighties. And it's like, again, it had like the, like it was a brown leather jacket with like gold double breasted Mm. buttons, you know, and really bold. It was really, I thought it was so much fun, but it's very reminiscent of what was happening in the eighties. Again, everything was big and exaggerated. Yes. And as with you know, all decades with TV and film and music stars, it really just paves the way for that era, right? So in the 80s, TV and movies is really what paved the way for the fashion. 
And this is when like celebrities were a really big deal in the eighties because they were more accessible, I guess is a good way to say it. It was kind of like today you can easily access your favorite reality TV star, your favorite, whoever it is, right. Football player. They're just, you look to them as for inspiration. And this is the first time this is really happening in fashion is in the 80s so concerts oh my god that's like a whole nother thing right like like rock concerts and all the people that emulated those styles that the stars had on there so for women we talked this is more about men right we just talked about but for women we're seeing a lot of like glamour and casual which is what we alluded to in the beginning so you've got gym clothes become streetwear and fashion trends are influenced to those who generally wouldn't be able to afford those fashion trends. And then you see the exaggerated hairstyles, the puffy sleeves, the ruffles, the jewel tones, padded shoulders. So you're seeing this mix of color that almost looks costume-like and then like this classic, very like elegated type of look. Mm -hmm. And um, so there here in the notes, it says after, you know, um, Ronald Reagan passed away, we start to see, you know, the influence of his wife and what the influence that he had. This happens every time there's a, you know, anyone in the white house, right? People want to emulate the look of the, the first lady and the president and all that. So there was that. Then there was also the princess Diana, which we've already mentioned plenty of times on this podcast, the amount of influence that the princess Diana had on the world with her fashion from the eighties and nineties is something that will live on forever. And to this day, she still has that influence. There's so many styles that today are mimicking what she wore mm -hmm. um, and that women did the same thing. They looked up to celebrities like this and then popular TV shows like Dallas, again, Miami vice mm -hmm. women were still looking to those um, individuals that were in those shows. And then people started shopping in indoor malls. And this is where we really start to see the change in how accessible fashion is to people, especially for women women were able to go into malls and purchase things where that wasn't really so much the case. There was a lot of like boutiques or mail orders and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the eighties, we've got this place and it's filled with stores and come on in and shop. This was the era of the mall. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It really, really was. So, you know, like we said, so much of the fashion, like we said, was really about glamour and just like over the top, you know, even like your gym wear and everything. And we're, we start seeing more influence on, like we said, streetwear on here too. So I thought what we could do is now we can talk about kind of the brands yeah. of that we, that we have researched that we've seen that um, really were like the most popular brands at the time. What we're going to do is we're just going to give you guys a quick, quick little synopsis about like who they are you know what I mean and like when were they founded kind of thing and then what we thought we would um what would be helpful for you in your reselling business are these brands still viable right. are they worth picking up um you know because I'm pretty sure we've all seen these oh, yeah. brands in the thrift store um and we've only capped it at 10 there's a lot more than 10 here so but you know we do try to be mindful of the time <laughs> how long the show is so what I'll start with is kind of the 80s brands. And the first one, we've I've heard it pronounced two different ways. So there's um, a spirit or a spree, right? I go and with the spree. 
Esprit. <laughs> I've always said Esprit too. I, I remember people saying Spirit Butt. Um, we all know this brand, right? So this one was founded. It's actually a very old brand. It's founded, well, I hate to say old, 1968. Old for us, I guess. <laughs> Older. Um, and, you know, the brand was really known for its colorful and casual clothing. And it still is one of the most memorable 80s brands that are out there. So it really kind of was that forefront in like sportswear kind of look, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, brightly colored garments, like we said, you know, that was just catching the eyes of everyone around um, the world right now. And, um, you know, it, it, it was one of those one stores that was not really sold from a traditional department store because like Daniela mentioned that a lot of people, what they did was a department store shopping. It actually was its own standalone store. So that was a really, really big thing. Um, this brand, like Daniela and I were talking about, was very hard to come by at the time. They are actually still in business, believe it or not. Um, I don't really know exactly where they sell, but I have seen that they still sell. They had a few stores a while back ago in some malls, but their popularity has for the most part died down. Um, however, they do still have pieces out there that could be worth picking up. I would definitely focus though mostly on vintage pieces. So the biggest things that you want to look for with them is people are, I, I love the spell out stuff from them. Absolutely the spell out stuff. So focusing on like, if you see any vintage tote bags, you know, even if there's just canvas bags, I see canvas bags going for 75, 60, wow. $50. Like people are really looking for that. And then of course, like the whole like denim from, from Esprit. So like, um, the biggest thing is their overalls. People absolutely love, love, love their overalls. And, um, you know, if they have any like Penny Lane jackets, that was a really big thing for them as well. So those are the jackets that have suede on them. And then the cuffs and the collar are going to be like a generally a faux fur kind of look to it. But I mean, if it's going to be a casual ca piece, I would definitely not pick that up. Um, but you really want to kind of look for like vintage spell out, like we said, any vintage denim, that's generally what you would see here. Like I see some vintage Esprit sweaters, like a crew neck sweater for like 95. So there's definitely a following still for it, but I think it's more of a nostalgic kind of feel, not necessarily for high fashion. Yeah. I think, so when I think of Esprit and we were talking about this before we started recording, like it was a brand that I always dreamed of having because the quality of their sweaters was so good and correct. I don't remember if this is accurate or not, but I feel like their sizing was junior sizing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't, it might be different now, but I remember at the time that I bought a piece, it was junior sizing regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the, for that time period, but a lot of things from this time period, the quality was really good. Like present day, quality is Not much so different much. right right yeah. so in the 80s everything the quality was really great but there was something about the construction of the piece and it also was reminiscent of, of a brand like Tommy or Ralph Lauren like it almost took that inspiration from those brands where it was kind of preppy but kind of mm -hmm. casual and still really hip for the teenage and early 20s kind of range but also could be worn by those who are a little bit more mature um, it was really, it was a hot brand. And the only place that I ever was able to buy it was in Canada. I couldn't get it here. It was really hard to get in America. So it was re really hard. And yes, I mean, I can still see that they have an online presence. I'm not hundred percent sure if they still have stores and they are still selling what 
you know, like kind of like your cat, like more casual wear. Yeah. Um, but it really just doesn't have that same right. looks and feel that it did before. Like yeah. a lot of their sweaters, I definitely would say are overpriced. Like they're saying they were like a hundred dollars for like a, a hoodie sweater and they're selling them for 76. Like, you know what I mean? That to me is still incredibly overpriced for what it is. And I don't think that there's still that backing behind it. So when you do see it, you know, just be mindful of what you get of them. I do see that sometimes some of their shoes do very well, but most of it's new with tags. You know, it's going to be new with the box, everything yeah. else. So really focus on like jackets, denim and bags with them, which I'm really surprised that their bags just have such a huge following. Like I said, I'm talking a very basic tote. Mm-hmm. I just- wonder if because monogram and like brand spell out is so big right now I wonder if that has something to do with it or if an influencer somewhere wore in a spree bag and now it's like everyone wants it you know could be could be all right so our next one we have all heard this brand that is still very much around um so it's guess guess started in 1981 and it has become such a worldwide brand um so guess was really known for their denim line and their what they became famous for was their acid wash look and their acid wash jeans you know and of course their high waist that was incredibly popular in the 80s they also made like denim jackets which also went really well and it was just all about their denim is really what stood them apart from everybody else the problem thing with with guess nowadays though not the problem so far it's everywhere absolutely everywhere it doesn't matter what store you're in you're just like guesses being sold there so not only do they have their own stores but they also are just sold everywhere so that is definitely something where I would be very very mindful and careful of shopping because a lot of times I would say like nine out of ten times when you see something guess I would not pick that up at all it's just so incredibly oversaturated now are there pieces are there things that you can pick up yeah, absolutely. Like some of the Y2K monogram monogram bags do very well. Um, and then also, of course, their biggest thing is their denim, right? That is, jeans you've got to look at their jeans, really. That's going to be the biggest thing. So what you want to do is fo- try to focus again on the things that they're known of. Like if you find any vintage jeans, especially the one with the triangle on the butt, that is a big one that people love that. I think I sold a pair of guest jeans a couple of years ago for about $50 that were, you know, and I got them for like three bucks or something like that at, at Sabres. So um, definitely look at like those Y2K bags. You want to find those ones with like the big, big G and the big buckle on them yeah, is what yeah, kind yeah. of people are looking for. And then of course, like we say, they're denim stuff. So um, that's the biggest thing that I can see. Yes, there are some bags here and there that could sell, but I would be very careful um, with a lot of their newer stuff, just because again, it's, it's everywhere. When I think of guests, I just think of being a teenager in like middle school and high school and dreaming of being able to have a guest bag with like the rhinestone on it and the big buckle, like everyone had it and I wanted it. And, yeah. but, but then I remember going into the guest store and being like, I can't afford this stuff. Like it was just so expensive it in the early so 2000s. Expensive. So expensive. But their Absolutely. marketing was on point. They were so good at their marketing. They were so good at it. it it's very re- reminiscent of like what Mark Jacobs did to build up and like go up the ladder in terms of fashion. Guest did almost the exact same thing, heavily influenced by young models, young celebrities, and like basically mm-hmm. they're half naked on the ad. It was very Abercrombie all at the same time. It was very yes. interesting. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Another brand that I had not heard of in a long time was that United Colors of Benton. Yeah. 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 I've seen it in the thrift store. I've never picked it up. I've never picked it up either. I've seen it at the thrift store. They were so big back in the 80s. So they started in 1965. And um, they were actually, um, from what I saw, they were an Italian brand, which I did not know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. It was kind of interesting. Uh, But their whole thing was that they were known for like their controversial advertising campaigns, Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny to me when now when I hear what controversial was. But (laughs) advertisements are like, like there was one where it was like um, with um, the Pope, John Paul II, kissing an AIDS patient on the mouth. Like that was controversial. Or like another one was like a black man and a white woman kissing. So interracial couples actually kissing. Like that was considered like, I guess big deal, big deal back then, which is crazy to me. Um, but you know, that's kind of what garnered a lot of attention for, for people for this like brand. Cause they're like, what is this brand? You know? So it was just all about their United colors. That was their whole biggest thing about uniting everyone, uniting everything. And so, um, you know, it became really, really popular, you know, because it became an affordable, like they say, clothing option. I still found it expensive. Um, but it was definitely all about like the unique stylings and the pairings, the, the, the mixed patterns, the bold colors. That was a big thing for United Benton. Um, can I disagree for a second? Because every piece I've ever found in the thrift store is super boring and plain and like typical vintage. I agree. It's very, 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 I think it's very boring. Are there pieces here that could do well? Absolutely. But it's like, it is looking at like stuff that truly, truly is vintage. I would not right. pick up, I would not pick up most of this stuff at all. If you can find like something that is colorful and it does have like bright, bold colors, um, patterns, anything like that, those seem to do quite well because they do have like some of their vintage sweaters that are very um, kind of like, a, is it coolie? Cool, mm. Coolie? Mm -hmm. right kind of feel where it's just like really bright those tend to do very well and then of course like they do have some old duffel bags and old bags that have like a lot of rainbow color scheme you know everywhere where this just says every single color of the rainbow and they're really beautiful a lot of these pieces but it has to be something bold it has to be something really unique um some of their coats like if if you wanted to get like a nice tweed coat from them or something sure those can do pretty well. Um, but I would probably be really mindful of this brand because it just has not resonated really with, um, reselling. And it's still, I, I looked it up. It's still a brand today. They have a website. You can, you can still buy things from them today. Um, don't ask me what their labels look like because I have no idea. I just have seen the vintage ones. So. I've seen the vintage ones. Like, it's just the little green one. Yep. The little green label. Yeah. 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 So. I, I think some of their blazers could probably do well because they're very reminiscent of like what blazers look like now, right? The oversized. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I can see that. I think blazers could do okay. But overall, I think the brand is just very unassuming and boring. I think so too. I remember it being very expensive and I was never attracted to their yeah. stuff, to be honest with you. It felt very old, mm-hmm. you know? It just wasn't really something that I was very into so I could understand why it doesn't do very well reselling wise unless you can find like a fun colorful piece you know um the other brand is members only I think we all remember this brand it was all about the members only jacket um so New York City based brand and the company again 
started out with jackets, but then they expanded to all this other stuff. So men's, women's clothing, shoes, fragrance, accessories, everything. Like they all do. <laughs> like they all do. I think that members only is still around. Ooh, let's um, I know I have found the jackets at the thrift stores. However, they're typically marked up quite high. Um, so usually I find them anywhere between like 15 to $24 when I find them at the thrift stores. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, the resale value is just not really there. You know, you, yeah, you can definitely, right now. you can definitely sell a couple of them for like $50, you know, here and there, but you really want to focus on any collabs that you see. Cause they do have some pretty cool, cool collaborations. So like they have a members only jacket with like, um, what was that show called? Um, Rugrats. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Like Nickelodeon shows or Garfield. They have one with SpongeBob. Like those seem to do well. The vintage leather ones, the leather ones seem to do a lot oh, better God. than the nylon ones. Yeah. I'm look. I'm just looking at their website now. They are still a thing. Their regular jackets are going to retail between 98 and 148. Their suede and leather is 450 plus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would say like save your dollars on the, on the nylon stuff and like go towards obviously anything that maybe it's like a collaboration or leather really when it comes to members only. Okay. This next brand was my favorite. The Kangle. Yes. Yeah. Kangle was everywhere. I have to say like LL Cool J was the one that made it made this brand so this is the one everybody knows it it's the bucket hat mm-hmm. with the tiny little kangaroo in and the middle <laughs> mm-hmm. they do make other clothing but for them it's all about their hats um so the thing with kangle hats is that they were made from everything from cloth you know like 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 leather suede um like i don't know like really fuzzy material yeah, or i whatever had a fuzzy one i had a white fuzzy bucket hat in the early 2000s and i wore it all the time Oh, that must have been the jam. Like, that's awesome. That's amazing. I sold it when I first started reselling because I was like, I'm never going to wear this again. I should have kept it. Right. (laughs) But the whole thing is that like, what was really popular about them and from what I was reading about their style is that they were designed to actually be worn in warmer weather too. So yeah, it, it actually was supposed to protect your hunt, your head from being sunburned. And they would say that like a lot of times, like if it was furry on the outside, it would be like cloth on the inside. So it'd be really yeah, soft and it wouldn't be itchy or anything like that. So that's also why the brand was really popular. Cause sometimes when you see these hats, you're like, Oh, these look like winter hats, but People were actually able to wear them all year round. And believe it or not, you can still sell these hats for pretty decent money if you do find them. Um, Some of the like fuzzy ones that we talked about or whatever, I can see some of them going for like $50, $60. You know, they can actually go for quite a bit of money. So um, I do have my filters on a little bit higher, but I remember when I looked at all of the prices to see like what were things selling for, um, you know, 24 bucks for a hat is not bad when you're getting no. it for like two, two, three dollars or something, you know, you never know how much but, mine sold for. But honestly, folks, when it comes to this brand, it's just, a, it, it started with the hat and it ends with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I sold one. Oh, many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah. My white one I sold for 50 bucks, but that was like in 2017, 2016, something like that. This one was in 2019. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it was a brown one, so not as nice as the um, as the white one. It sold for twenty bucks, but I think I paid like two bucks for it. Um, but I think if I sold it today, I would get way more for it, just yeah. because the bucket hat style is so big right it's now. It's very in, yeah, absolutely. So, but like, don't limit yourself just to the bucket hat style, like the newsboy um, page or page boy hats. Those do actually quite well. So people are looking for them, and people still do like them. So they still do have a presence today, which I thought that was kind of interesting. What was the brand that LL Cool J created in the 80s? I can't remember. I don't remember if he created one. Uh, hold on, hold on. FUBU, wasn't that him? Did he create Oh, uh, no, that was, um, uh, I have, I have. Oh, that's I have what's her face's husband. Oh, my God. But no, that was, oh, you're, I know who you're thinking. Of. No, that was, Dan, that was, um. what's his name? It's Damon something. He's, he's a, he's a Shark Tank guy now. Yeah. Oh, my God. I cannot think of, anyway, I digress. LL Cool J had a fashion line, though, I thought. I'm almost positive he had a fashion line. Uh, every, everyone had a fashion line back. <laughs> this is true. In the 80s and the 90s, so. Um, so next one was um, Trey Torn. I had never heard of this brand. Oh, I've seen it in the thrift store. Before, yes. But yes. this um, this is actually just, like, what, like, a classic white sneaker is today like veja yeah. you know like yeah. it's like it's like it's just the classic white sneaker and again it's a tennis shoe and it's a swedish made brand um and i looked them up and you know what they're still really cute if you look and see like be between what are selling between like 50 and 100 dollars um you actually see that they are sold at anthropology they have collaborations yeah. with madewell so they are actually still around and i'm actually kind of digging the whole style to be honest with you it's pretty cute yeah. so both i would say yes vintage but of course the newer the better but some of these newer styles, they can go for pretty good money, you know, like $55, $60, um, maybe $40 on the low end or something. But really with this brand too, they do sell other styles too. They have some boots that could also do well, but it's all about the classic sneaker for them. And it doesn't have to be a white sneaker, right? It can be like something with suede on it, you know, that, but again, it kind of has that like vintage feel. It reminds me of like the Reebok throwback sneakers, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also like mixed with a little bit of Veja. I feel like I see a little Veja in there. Like, yeah, oh, I see a mix of a lot of like the classic styles that are. Um, I thought of that exactly. Classic exactly. Puma from the early two thousands. Like this yeah. is kind of that style. I love that kind of sneaker. It's very European. I've always liked that kind of sneaker. I know everyone here in America loves the Chunky Dad sneaker, but I love this style. I don't. I like the low profile like sneaker, definitely. Um, okay, I'm going to have a hard time saying the first name on this one, but it's like, isn't it Isi Miyaki? Yeah, yeah. So Isi Miyaki is a very, very popular brand. Yes. Still is today. Um, so we, we, we it is- passed away too, correct? That I do not know, but but iconic designer, you know, from the eighties and it hate was all about like, again, abstract designs and his pleating techniques. Um, so again, goes right in with the whole eighties kind of theme on stuff. Um, all of his stuff was worn by celebrities, socialites, elites everywhere. He was just like such a huge brand at the time. Now, the funny thing is that this brand is still very hot today. Oh, yeah. 
he's the one that um i don't know if he created um but he's the one that has that bow bow bag which mm-hmm. is the one that has all those geometric mm-hmm. shapes on them so obviously if you find that i mean there's a lot of dupes out there but um those sell for a ton of money yeah. um people are still looking for those mm-hmm. his dresses um a lot of his like evening wear jackets blazers do really well so yes he i knew he passed away but i couldn't remember when he passed away last august uh 2022 i don't know how old he was but uh he was born 1938 so he was in his 80s um when he passed away so i i think he brought such a different element of inspiration to his pieces being a japanese designer first of all and then bringing in the um fabrics the knowledge of the japanese fabrics the way he constructed them and then just like everything was very technical with him the way mm-hmm. like the geometric pieces went together like with that handbag like it's very iconic the yes. way that he sewed ruffles and seams on his jackets on his dresses like it was all very technical and i think that he is a designer where you will see those vintage pieces soar when it comes to resale value if you can get your hands on a vintage piece by him 100% big money We're, you're talking in the hundreds yeah. in the hundreds absolutely like a lot of the pieces that I found you know easily 50 bucks or more yeah easily yep okay so this one is it sussy, mm, sussy? yes sussy yeah we're gonna so, go with stussy yeah stussy okay well, this Maybe. is this is one. Google it, Daniela. You'll see the logo, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah." So this was very much street, a street brand, streetwear. The logo kind of looks like it was like um like a graffiti tag name on it, but started in '84, and it started out as a surf brand, and then it eventually evolved into this iconic streetwear brand of the '80s, and you know, the biggest thing realized that this was that brand. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, everyone no will know this brand. Google it. Okay, folks, it's S-T-U-S-S-Y. And yeah. you'll be like, what is it? And then you'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen that everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny because like um a lot of, it, it talked about how like we talk about influence that like um today's streetwear brands like Supreme, for example, they actually credit Sussy for being a pioneer in mm. the industry for it. So believe it or not, when you do look at their pieces, a lot of their vintage stuff, their t-shirts, their logos actually does quite well. I did not have to do any um, additional filtering or searching when I was looking for solds. Honestly, they're like vintage t-shirts, 40 bucks. You know, I mean, that's pretty good if you find a t-shirt from them, you know, sweaters about 50 bucks, um, you know, um, trying to think like any new tag ones still too, like over a hundred dollars, like people are still looking for this stuff today. And I think it's just because it's such an iconic brand within streetwear, because it was yeah. one of those first ones that were really out there that made a name for themselves and really broke that, that that doorway into fashion you know I, I can see how supreme got their inspiration from them yeah. um and i also can see how champion gets inspiration from them mm-hmm. because the crew cut sweatshirt looks just like champion um and their sweats look very similar to the styles that champion does but i have to say i like the color schemes that they come up with like they're neutral but then they also have some really fun bold colors that people would like to wear i think 
I could see their sweats maybe being um, a popular thing. The t-shirts are fun. The t-shirts, I mean, yeah. they're cheap on the website, but they're they're fun. I can still see a little skater in their in in their inspiration on their website right. today. There's and they're Absolutely. not like the jackets are one hundred eighty five dollars. They're not cheap. So, yeah. I mean, quilted vest one fifty. So I mean, it's held its value retail wise, and it doesn't look like they do many sales. I'm on their website and nothing's marked down. So unlike a spree where everything was marked down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. kind of interesting. interesting. All right, two more brands, folks. And then um, we'll go into our 90s stuff. So next one, I loved, loved, loved this brand. It Is was this a Ocean West Pacific. Coast thing? Because I don't know it. Ocean Pacific. It was OP. Okay. You had to have known this brand. This was just such, everyone called it OP. And it was basically like what everyone wore for surfwear. And it right. was. Well, like, we don't surf out here. So I don't no. know. <laughs> but everyone wore this stuff. Surf look, the surf look was very in for a really long time. I don't remember it. Yeah, it was very, very big. So like this one, OP, it was all about like just vintage surf stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, but again, that's kind of where some of that like Magnum PI stuff could have also come mm. into because it mm. had a lot of tropical prints as well. So um, they just became such a huge, huge brand. Um, they are still, I think, around. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember that it moves to Walmart. So um, just like a lot of these brands, like the next one that I'm going to talk Amart, about, also Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> but believe it or not, some of their vintage stuff, like they have some vintage men corduroy shorts. They're like these like tiny corduroy shorts, but like they're super in and they sell for over $50. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. So like they, like if you just go on there, yeah. And look, you'll see like some of their like vintage puffer jackets, um, some of their sweaters, some ocean Pacific, like ski wear, you know, their vintage Hawaii, Hawaiian shirts, like $80. But the big thing is their shorts. Oh my gosh. It's insane. It's like everyone is looking for their shorts. Um, I would never think that, but it's yeah. definitely there, but just be mindful because again, they, I don't know when they moved to Walmart, but like, I want to say it was probably in the late nineties is when they moved to Walmart. So you just need to be mindful of that, but definitely the value is there and people are looking for like that eighties surfer outside look, you know? Yeah. The, if you go on their website now, is it, which is, I just did that. The price points like in the $20 range right now for t-shirts and stuff. So yeah. obviously, you know, they've changed the, their structure and the way they sell things once yes. they've gone into it. Whenever any store goes into like a JCPenney, a Walmart, Kmart like you know all those kind of stores it's because there was a restructuring in the way the brand was going to represent itself and sell things yeah um okay we have one more so Jordash, we have to talk about <laughs> this obviously. one is so big right now it's so huge it's so wild. this company is the 80s 100% they're definitely synonymous as knowing as the 80s gene right so they're one of the first companies that really capitalized on that denim trend during the the 80s yeah. you know and so they really positioned themselves to become this like huge iconic brand again they also ended up going to Walmart after, after a while but their vintage stuff does very very well it could be either boot cut high-waisted doesn't really matter, but people really are looking for vintage Jordache jean jackets, 
and sh shorts and jeans. Um, Jordache does have, I can see like a few jackets and everything, but you're going to want to stick with their denim. It's really where they're going to go. Cause like I said, they are sprinkled here and there. They do have some like faux fur stuff, which I okay. thought was kind of interesting. Um, but people will pay $50 or more for these jeans, especially they have, there's a specific type of jean that Jordache did that has like, it's acid wash, high-waisted, but it has like almost like a faux belt around it and it like buttons all the way up or something. So people uh, like those type of unique um, yeah, details yeah. on um, on on the Jordache jeans. But definitely worth a look. Just be mindful and make sure it is something from the 80s. I wouldn't know how to date something, to be honest with you. I'm yeah, sure you no could idea. find something online. But just be careful because like we said that after a while, they did go into a lot of different stores. Um, and the brand was definitely the value diminished a lot on the resale market. Um, if you're on Depop, people oh, yeah. search for DoorDash jeans. DoorDash. Wait, I just say DoorDash. 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 I just said DoorDash because apparently DoorDash is on my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but people are searching for those jeans mm -hmm. everywhere on on Depop, and I think it's a lot of a lot of it is that like because they do have a little bit of a Y two K look to them um, with some of their styles, and I. They're, they're unique. They're just a unique gene, period. Everything about them is unique. Yeah. So as you can see, a lot of these brands still definitely do have a following. Um, but it is definitely something where it's like, you kind of need to focus on what they were good at back then. Um, while they're still around, a lot of these brands are just saturated. That's the thing. Yeah. They're kind of everywhere, you know, or they just kind of lost touch with what people were looking for. So I would say just cherry pick what they were known for back then. Uh, it will really kind of be your best bet. Yeah. And I think that also shows how much of it is in the thrift store too. Like it's saturated in the resale market, but it's also very saturated in the thrift store. So you really do, like if you're a vintage seller and you know what to go for, like I think it'll be a gold mine for you, but for some of us that maybe aren't as comfortable with it, it'll be really, you'd have to do some serious research to check the label and, you know, all that information to make sure you have the right time period for the piece. But we're going to move into the 90s, which, um, you know, we both said that we we liked more so than the 80s. I, right. I Listen, I respect the 80s, but I just like the 90s more. And 90s was the era of the oversized shirts, the high-waisted jeans, the Sperry boat shoes, a lot of things that were reminiscent of the 90s preppy culture. That, that was that was very much the vibe then. Plaid mini skirts, tank tops with blazers. Things, again, you saw on MTV because of Britney Spears from Hit Me Baby One More Time. Or things that NSYNC and Backstreet Boys wore in the late, you know, mid to late 90s. That was really big. Or if we're talking early 90s, things that Alanis Morissette wore. Like, it was mm -hmm. very musician based. I feel like a lot of the styles that we saw in movie based. So clueless, right? Things like that really influenced the nineties fashion era. So oh yeah, there was also a wave of minimalistic looks. We've talked about this in our summer trends. We're kind of breaking away from the shoulder pads, breaking away from the big hair, everything the eighties was really committed to nineties was like, we don't want this anymore. This was a little much for us. We kind of want to tone it down. We want more casual, more chic, um, we want baggy, but we also want defined. Uh, we mm -hmm. want the slip dresses, but we also want the sportswear look. It, it, and this is where we start to see the transition into like modern day fashion that we have today. A lot of it, I think, is what we see today is very influenced in in the 90s, but we never think of it that way. 
Um, 90s fashion also evolved throughout the decade, like I was saying. So early 90s was a lot of that still bright colors and athletic wear, like the 80s. But then it started to, to shift into more sophistication and the preppy style. So it had a little evolution from late 80s, early 90s into that more late mid to late uh, 90s going into the 2000s. So I could, would kind of lump that together. So music and film, like I said, they they were what influenced the popularity <laughs> of things in that decade. I know I was influenced by a lot of people during Oh my gosh, period. yeah. Um, all wear. the teen, all the teen oh. celebrities. Yes. I used to get teen people. Teen Bop, Tiger Miss, you name it. Ti- all those things. It. And Disney Channel. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Disney Channel. That was big for it fashion. It was. That's what we did. Like, so there was DJF Fridays that we used to watch that was like, you know, Family Matters and yep. Step by Step. And there was a movie on and we would watch all that. But then on Saturday, there was a new movie coming out on the Disney Channel and we were watching it. Like, it was a big deal. Um, but stars that really influenced, I would say, supermodels, um, musicians, that really influenced style at this time, TLC absolutely influenced the crop tops, the the corset look, the baggy pants, like that streetwear look, they influenced that. Kate Moss, I mean, there really isn't much to say. She was a supermodel and she influenced a lot of people, you know, a lot of fashion during that time. Biggie and Tupac, the Coogie sweater, that was Biggie's thing. Like that, that was big in the 90s. Spice Girls, I mean, the Spice Girls were iconic during this time. Oh. Yeah. And their fashion was what every girl wanted. The platform shoe came back because of the Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Dennis Rodman, Brad Pitt, Cindy Crawford, like a lot of a lot of people from this era really influenced what we wore. And it's transitioned over to today as well. We're just going to briefly go through the styles that are in the 90s because Jen's going to go through the brands. Grunge, we've talked about this before. Preppy, like we've said. Mm-hmm. Punk. Slip dresses chain belts sportswear scrunchies i would say scrunchies was 80s and 90s not just 90s graphic tees overalls those were the things that we saw a lot of in the 90s and i'd say present day today slip dresses have been huge the last three years oh yeah huge Mm -hmm. preppy again really big right now especially with quiet luxury minimalistic style Grunge is your dark academia. Grunge and punk, that's your dark academia. (laughs) Just rebrand, repackage. (laughs) That's basically all it is. So as you can see, a lot of things from the 90s are really big right now as well. So Jen is going to talk about the brands of the 90s. Yes. So one of the biggest brands. Is there anything you wanted to say about the 90s? I kind of like just. No, no, I loved it all. I was just like enthralled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because when. When we like think back 90s, I'm like, yeah, no, I was definitely influenced by every single person I saw on TV. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like it just. Everything. Everything. Everything was about celebrities back then. It it was yes. just mind blowing. I mean, I, I, I just remember my whole room was like covered in celebrity pictures yep. and posters <laughs> and just everything was just all about musicians and didn't matter. Like you're on TV, like everybody was all about that. And I think we were just such a generation that was grown, that was really raised, not raised by TV, but like TV was well, such we a big part of our lives. And yeah. so like you were saying, it was just like every single week. It's like you sit down and you watch on Thursday, you watch these shows on Fridays, you watch this show, you know what I mean? And it's like, and you studied what everybody wore and, and like, you're going to see as I'm talking about some of these brands, you're even going to remember, oh yeah, 
I remember that brand because I remember so-and-so would wear that or they had that kind of look. So it's definitely all there. It's just, it's just such a fun era to be honest with you. Um, and so, yeah, let's just get into it. So the first brand is obviously the, one of the biggest brands was Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy was just everywhere. So he did start in the eighties, like in 1985, but, um, you know, he really garnered and gained popularity in the nineties, you know? So he was really known for his preppy style sportswear and he just became such a huge staple in American fashion. Um, but like we said, his brand just blew up because of the iconic flag logo. No one was ever doing stuff like that before. Everything was like with brands. It's funny because we talk about such boldness in the eighties, but like, it wasn't really about like the brand, like all banging your face. It was like, that was the first time that he was doing that. And he was doing like bold colors, you know, like big, um, like, like, you know, like, like the, the sleeve would just be red, you know what I mean? And the rest of the shirt would be white. It was just like so different. And it was so huge back then. Now we know Tommy is still around, but again, super, super, super saturated. It's absolutely oh, yeah. everywhere. Um, when I look at a lot of these pieces here, I know a couple of years ago, Tommy was having a huge, huge comeback. Yeah, I was just going to say that. people were looking for all the spell out stuff. That's kind of died down a little bit, I will say. But that would probably be the only thing that I would pick up myself if I were to see it at the thrift store. Now, I wouldn't pick up new. I would, I would want to pick up vintage. But a lot of what I see here, it's so hard to say because, yes, you can probably sell a puffer jacket for a couple, like, you know, 40, 50 bucks from Tommy. But... Um, you're going to want to be really mindful and really careful when it comes to hot Tommy Hilfiger. I think the Tommy jeans, the vintage ones with a label in the back said it was the Tommy colors, right? Did it say Tommy yeah. on it? I think it did. I think, I think it, it did say Tommy, Tommy on, it. on it. Yeah. I think those jeans for people that love to wear vintage jeans and that style, I think that's really big. He was really well known for his jeans. I think menswear probably will do better. Vintage menswear will do better than women's wear mm -hmm. that's vintage um i think present day tommy is just so accessible to people that it's a hard sell if it's not something super specific and special for resale i think that you can go to any outlet and find tommy and be able to buy it at a really great price because i know i have my sister loves tommy and we go to the outlet and she can stock up on plenty of things and spend like 150 bucks so yeah. it's tough yeah, these ones, these ones, a lot of these are going to be really tough, to be honest with you, because <clears throat> like the next one is Calvin Klein. Yeah, I'm not going to go into too many details about Calvin Klein, because we already had a whole episode about him. Yes. Um, but you know, we've mentioned that there are select pieces that are worth picking up. We've mentioned the, um, <clears throat> the jeans, yep. right with the big CK, or like a graphic tee, like a vintage graphic tee with a big CK the overalls as well. And then current style, some of the new dresses, sometimes if you find a new dress, like a business casual dress with new tags, definitely worth looking into because people know what they like, yeah. right? That is one of the good things about something that is very um, saturated is that people know what they like and they are on the lookout for it, but you are competing with a bunch of other people that are also selling yeah. it. So, I think with these yeah. modern brands, if you can get them for like $1.50, two dollars yeah. right I think yeah. this is where you can sell it even sell for 25 bucks if you're a volume seller this is perfect um, exactly brands people know they like and they'll sell quick exactly exactly which leads on to perfect to the next brand that was a huge brand in the 90s is Ralph Lauren so Ralph Lauren's been around for a long time since 1967 
but it was really in the 90s that it just really pushed forward and I think a lot of it is because of his polo line is what really set him apart and what made him stand out but I kind of think of like Tommy and Ralph and all those brands kind of all mixed in together a little bit um like FUBU, like even FUBU and like Baby Fat. And we'll talk about all those brands because it was just like everything was about just like like fun and boldness and like spell out and all that kind of stuff. And that all became very popular. So Polo just became absolutely huge. Um, and this one was really, really centered around preppy style. And that was absolutely popular. Now, I know that with Ralph Lauren, we all still know about Ralph Lauren today. We know that there are multiple, multiple lines under the Ralph Lauren banner. So really, it's just the kind of what Daniela had said, you know, kind of learn your brands within the Lauren house and see what you actually need to pick up. Because again, it is incredibly saturated as well. But it's definitely a brand to keep your eye out on because there's definitely pieces that I will pick up from some of the, even their diffusion brands, right? Like Lauren by Ralph Lauren. It is a more diffusion brand, but sometimes you can sell some of their like sport coats, um, you know, or their like the blazers with like the vintage, like a crest on it or something like that. You can sell that for a lot of money. Uh, Dem- Denim and Supply is another great vintage. Yeah. They don't make it anymore, but that's also really big. Lori and I did an episode on Ralph Lauren. Oh God, and- season two? I don't remember. I'll I'll link the Calvin Klein, the Ralph Lauren. I'll link the Halston one. I'll link them in the show notes because Halston is also big during this time, but like Halston just really dropped off in the 80s. He was an 80s guy and it just kind of dropped after that. So but I'll link those in the show notes. You guys can kind of go back and reference them. We break down Calvin Klein. Uh, Lori and I broke down Ralph Lauren and kind of broke down each division of that brand as well. Because um, I think it's important to understand them. And everyone always gets confused with Ralph Lauren because there's so many. And because he's such an old brand, um, there are certain labels that you can't really find online because they're from the original, like the the start of his brand. Yeah. Um, so we kind of go into all of that in that episode. So yeah. I'll make sure I link them all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next brand, so I would say, yeah, a lot of these brands, like we said, they they are still iconic. People know them, people love them. But I think now we're going more into like the the niche. Yeah, this, know, is, brands this is very, era. very much so, that. <laughs> Danko jeans. Oh, I <laughs> never wore them, I could tell you that. <laughs> I never did either. These are so popular right now. (laughs) It's insane. So this brand was all about the wide leg jean, you know, and it was huge in the nineties when it came to like skatewear and like streetwear. Um, So again, it's just, everything was exaggerated. And um, even like, it just, it just completely was the opposite of what everybody else was wearing, you know, which was more like of a tailor slim um oh my gosh I can't even stress to you like the shorts the pants the jeans the sweaters the the jackets the whatever it's like people are on the hunt this brand is super super hot right now especially if you do find ones from the um 90s era um those ones I mean I'm looking here and most of these jeans like every price point that I see is like 40 dollars and up yeah. What's interesting Great. is that they're still a brand today and they retail for a lot of money. <laughs> they do. They're super expensive. Oh my gosh. I, but, and they were so expensive back then. 
like so expensive. I remember my husband wanted a pair. He was telling me he wanted a pair of Janko jeans, but he went to like a Catholic high school. And so that was not his not mother wearing those. not going to get him those. And they were like, I don't know how much they were back then, but they were a lot of they money. They were still expensive then. But I just remember like all my punk grunge goth friends that I had, because I was friends with everyone. I didn't care what you wore. Like I was friends with everyone. Yeah. This is what they wore. And I just remember them dragging on the ground with skater shoes and the big chains hanging off the side. Oh my God. That's all I remember when it comes to Janko jeans. And I, when I, when I see Janko jeans, I just like think of like all of my high school boy crushes that I had. (laughs) All the skater boys. All the skater boys. And like, like exactly what you just described and what they're wearing. And I just, I'm just having like a mental picture. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, but if seriously. I ever were to wear a pair, my dad would have probably never let me left the house. He'd be like, "What are you wearing?" Oh yeah, well, these were like my parents hated these. But yes, they are super popular right now. If you find Janko, absolutely pick them up. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'd go wrong with them. So no, no, no. no. All right, next one is Boo Boo. So with this one was founded in 92. Um, Damon John. That's his was name. Okay. The name. Yeah, that was his name. Um, but it was also, there's a ton of other people that were a part of it. Alexander Martin, Keith Perrin, Carlton Brown. So um, their whole thing was that it was for us by us. That was the name of the brand. And it quickly became this brand incredibly popular. It was such a trailblazing brand in streetwear and like, urban fashion and so a lot a lot of people a lot of celebrities wore this these pieces and so this was a big brand back then um from what I've seen in I don't think that they are still around but if you do sign some of their spell out stuff some of their vintage fubu wear definitely has has resale value um you know like some of their jeans can go between 50 and 90 dollars um some of their jackets their sweaters you know um trying to think of what else I would say that you could look for but basically anything that's just going to have a lot of design and a lot of artwork to it is definitely pieces that you want to look for because anything uh, most of their stuff is not going to be plain and and boring it's always going to be like bold um, in your face which I love um but it's definitely um, a brand that you need to keep an eye out for, but I don't see it very often. I feel like people hold on to these pieces. I think it's almost like a collector's piece. It, yeah. it reminds me of like Rockaware. Like a lot of people may like kept their Rockaware bomber jacket. That was stuff. that was what was his name? Simmons, Russell Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Um, uh, baby Fats. Uh, husband. Husband. Yeah. What was her name? I don't Tamora remember. Lee anyway, Simmons. That that's more two thousands. We should do an episode on two thousands. There were <clears> some <throat> good brands that came out in the two thousands. Yeah. Um, but there's I looked it up. Fubu is, still has a website. Price point is low. I'd say like sixty and below for some of the stuff. Okay. Um, but it's still very much that loud mm-hmm. like patterns Just, and prints yeah. and it's it's very streetwear, but it's also what you're seeing a lot of streetwear people wear today it's it's very reminiscent of that fubu i think really put that image out there and it influenced like 
Sean Diddy Combs, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I think it really influenced people like him to create his brand, which, by the way, um, P. Diddy is coming out. I don't know. What, what do we call him now? Sean? What do we call him? I don't even know what we call him. I don't even know. He changes his name all the time. Um, I feel like he changes it every year. He is coming out with another fashion brand, but I think he's going to be making it like a luxe brand. So I'll be very curious to watch what that looks like for him. He's very much into fashion, like, in, like luxe fashion now, like cool. couture. So oh, interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, this next one. Still so these today. next ones, I think, are all going to be like favorites of ours, yeah. honestly, because I loved all these brands. Um, could I afford them? No. Absolutely um, not. <laughs> did I want all of them? Absolutely. So the first one is Roxy. Roxy was is absolutely like your iconic surf sportswear line for girls. So Quicksilver is the the main brand and then they launched like their girl division of Roxy um and this was just absolutely huge in swimwear activewear casual clothing it was all about like comfort and style but it was all about like on the go choices right so I remember this was like board shorts were huge back in the day and people would wear board shorts even like to at least in California we'd wear them to school but we, it's not like we were going surfing, but not here. <laughs> I had tons of board shorts, but like Roxy is absolutely huge. Was Roxy big on the East Coast? Not really. It became big in the early 2000s when Rip Girls came out, the Disney movie. That's when it became big because it was a girl surfer on TV. But like um, people wore it here, but it was more in the early 2000s is when it hit gotcha. here, which would make sense because surfing isn't really a thing. I mean, you can surf out here, but it's not like the West Coast. Um, and I think there were just influences of like Abercrombie that filtered into Roxy for people out here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, some of their vintage pieces, some of their like um their luggage, their vintage luggage does really well. Their um their snow pieces, so like zippy, like zip up jackets or um so what I'm trying to say, snow pants, <laughs> those do very well. Um, their wetsuits can also still do pretty well, but for the most part, this brand still retails for a lot of yeah. money and it is very expensive. Um, I find it a lot out here on the West Coast, but it's pretty worn and pretty used by the time it gets to the thrift store. Um, so I would just be really mindful of that. You know, some of their bikinis, yes, can do pretty well. But uh, for the most part, um, it's going to be just like your bigger heavy, heavy hitting pieces, like yeah. your bags, your, you know, snowsuits, all that kind of stuff but I it doesn't have as big of a relevant. Anymore. It's still too relevant. I think that's part of the problem. Like it's just, it's a brand that it's, e it's easy to get. It's still kind of big, but it never really made like a, that huge of a mark given the type of clothes that they make where it's like, you could get something very similar for less money. So I think that's why it falls in the like gray area of resale. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's why I like OP, Ocean Pacific, because it was like the cheap version of Roxy. <laughs> right, right. So that makes, and but that's, it's too easily replicated, I guess. But it was so big. Like I remember oh, yeah. my AOL screen name was Roxy Girl. Roxy Girl. Oh my God. Everyone had that. Roxy Girl, whatever. I forget whatever One, number two, I two, put. Four underscore squiggly line. Yeah. <laughs> Roxy girl because I was obsessed I had a friend who she had money and she would let me borrow her Roxy clothes I remember that deal. and then I remember like I was at the pool and I wore her Roxy sweater and someone stole it that's how popular it was 
Because, like, you know, you, like, take off your sweater, you take off your shirt and get in the pool, right, or whatever, and I had it off to the side, and someone stole my entire outfit. I mean, I have a very similar story, but it was in the early 2000s with when pink was first, like, a big deal out of Victoria's Secret, and I had one of the velour zip-up ones with the rhinestone spell Mm -hmm. out on the back of it, I wore it to the gym, and um, this is the time where like no one locked a locker at the gym because yeah. like who was going to take like your why? stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Lesson learned. Someone stole my $120 pink velour zip up immediately. As soon as I put it in there, it was gone. Yeah. Oh my God. People <laughs> suck. <laughs> People do suck. <laughs> okay. This next brand, I'm so excited because it was like a dream to go into the store as a kid. Such a dream. This store, it was like. They made a store just for me. Yes. That's what it felt <laughs> but like. I, but we couldn't afford anything in it. Could but not afford brush. a damn thing in there. Like I go into the clearance section every single time and hope for the best, but limited to. No, limited I used to. to beg my mom to go into the store, beg I her just to be like, we can't buy anything. I'm like, but I want to go in. It was so much fun, that store. And I remember it used to like even smell like like a cotton candy dream (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny so this was a part of the whole limited brands so it is part of like when limited used to be around structure used to be around express victoria's secret all those brands this was limited too uh, I don't know who was doing what at the time, but whoever created this from whatever mushroom dream they had, it <laughs> definitely worked because this yeah. was such a trendy, colorful clothing store. Everything was just like targeting young girls and it became the most popular store, I would say, amongst parents and kids. They were around for a really long time. I think only recently did they actually close, yeah. um, but Honestly, when I go back and I try to look and see if there's anything that would sell, a lot of it is just like, it's pretty rare. Like, you know, there are a couple of like vintage pieces, but again, it has to be vintage. It can't be something new because I want to say that they stuck around until like, I would say like 2010 or so. Like they were yeah, because Justice became a store. Once Limited 2 went out, Justice became like the became new Limited 2. two. Exactly. Um, but I don't think, I don't know. If- they're part of the limited so the limited brand still exists today the limited brand is like a whole host of of stores yeah but the limited two and the limited just don't exist anymore yeah uh, exactly but, but i don't know if justice is part of limited brands it might be i don't know they might have rebranded limited two yeah. to justice that could be it but there's definitely a few small pieces here and there that do seem to garner some attention like you know again like blue cheetah pants <laughs> you know that it does is, really I, well. Sorry, I just Googled it. In 2008, they uh, they launched in 2004. Justice was originally launched in 2004 as a side brand to Limited 2. But in 2008, all Limited 2 stores were rebranded to Justice. Okay. So that's what they did. They rebranded it. Yeah. So it's still a limited brand. But yeah. it's called Justice now. Um, But, you know, I think if you find really, really on trend, like I'm, t- you know, like on trend pieces now, um, and you can get a limited two piece for relatively cheap, cheap, you know, either at the bins or something else. Yes, they actually can do pretty well. Um, I see here, you know, there are some people that were able to sell like some vintage jeans for like 26 bucks, a vintage skirt for 30 bucks from them. Like 
that's pretty good. I would have yeah. to say some of their vintage bags too. Oh, like, do you remember the initial bags mm-hmm. where they would have your name on it? Mm-hmm. That was huge. And that was also, um, couldn't in afford to get one. Though, couldn't but... afford to get one in the limited. So I got one at Macy's that was like one of their house brand ones with the letter D. I got on one. It. Oh, you beat me. I got one at Mervyn's. Do you remember oh. that stuff? Mervyn's? I don't remember that. No, story. it was just must have been an East, a West yeah. Coast brand. It was like, like, a, like, Maybe what a Coles is today. Ah, okay. You know? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't um, even afford the Macy's My one. only limited two purchase that my mom ever made for me was one of the makeup, like, caboodle type things, oh, which I still yeah. have today at my mom's house that I, I don't know what something is stored in there and then a purple limited to hairbrush that my sister and I would share. Those are the only two things that I, that I ever bought from limited to because we couldn't afford to like, I mean, it, it was, was so expensive. expensive. It was so expensive. Uh, still on that train of expensive stuff. Oh, Delia's. <laughs> God, the dream, right? We'd all get the catalog and stare at it, but we would the never buy stare at it. I like, I wanted to be that girl on every yep. single page. Yeah. So like, if I just had this entire catalog in my wardrobe, I'd be the I coolest would, girl. <laughs> I'd be the coolest girl in school. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this was huge. It was all about teen fashion again. Like. This is when you're kind of seeing brands too that are focusing more on a young, young yeah. demographic. And that yeah. really wasn't nope. done before. It was, it was just, you went to the mall and it was whatever your mom picked for you. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what you wore. But yeah, this is a huge iconic brand. And this brand is huge right now. Everyone talks about Dilia's and how popular it is. And if you look at the catalog, half the things that people are wearing is what you see people are wearing out in the street today. <laughs> to be honest with you. Some of the catalogs, you can actually, if you still have them or you find them, you can sell the catalogs for good money on eBay. People want the vintage. I wish I kept them. I had like every single one. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Oh yeah, you're right. Like I see here, someone just sold a lot of 10 catalogs a hundred dollars yeah they're hot people want them yeah yeah they're they 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 do you know they they can do pretty well you definitely will have to do your research I'm sure it's certain editions right certain styles that were in that edition like it it, there's more it's like a playboy magazine right there are certain ones that are nostalgic for people that sell for a lot of money all those magazines catalogs all that Yes. So just be mindful, make sure that it is something that is super on trend right now and probably sell it on Depop. So (laughs) yeah, don't sell it anywhere else. (laughs) Last but not least, baby fat. Um, I loved baby fat. I had a baby fat fat purse. I had baby fat jeans. This is like when the junior section was thriving. Oh yeah. The junior sections at Macy's was hot. It was the best place to go to find anything at any time. It really I was. Mean, baby fat, I feel like what Pamora Lee Simmons did helped launch brands like JLo, like Jessica Simpson. 100%. He really like put the mark as to what Junior's fashion could look like. Even if that, even if that wasn't her intentions for demographic, that's what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Baby fat, like we said, was just all about like hip hop fashion, right? And just like a cool chick. Really, that full bottom jeans is baby fat. (laughs) That was, yeah. Oh my God. That's baby fat. (laughs) But it really is. So mixing bold prints. She was the one, I would say that she was one of the ones, I don't know, maybe it's debatable, but like she was one that made like velour very popular. Mm, I think, well, yeah, because Juicy was 
fleece at first and then they, it moved into velour but they were i've always remembered juicy as like terry cloth yeah it was like a oh yeah like a fleecy terry yeah terry cloth that's a better way to describe but anyways, it anyways anyways yeah but they had velour velour came after yes but it was it was just like her whole thing you know was like metallic fabrics glamorous mm. style crop tops and of course the cat Yes. That like sassy cat. With the tail that swerved. <laughs> the tail that swirled. Very, very, very popular. Those so handbags with, today, I bet you it's in your research, those resell for a lot of money today. The yeah, baby handbags, <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> you know, it is pretty crazy. I've seen some people selling, like I said, just some stuff where I'm just like, wow, I, should, I probably should have kept that. <laughs> I should have kept my baby fat handbag that I donated many years ago. Yes, I should have. I know. I know. Well, the thing is, we obviously we have to be mindful of baby fat too, you know, because there is a lot of it out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of like oversaturation in the market, but if you can find their vintage baby fat purses, you know, a lot of it is like kind of like a baguette style yeah, of a bag. Is. And mm-hmm. it's of course like metallic and bold and everything rhinestones rhinestones <laughs> everywhere 65 yep. 55 dollars. that's retail um, that's absolutely retail so like again like try to focus on the y2k pieces because the y2k is like the um the jackets too mm. like the the leather baby fat 85 65 seven you know 75 yeah. 97 dollars it's absolutely crazy the velour suits 79 dollars Oh, I remember her denim jumpsuits too were super big, $81. Yeah. Like this baby, baby fat stuff can do very, very well. But you're right. Like if you find a vintage baby fat purse, you better snatch that thing up real quick. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it's having a resurgence because of the, the way that she created these pieces really can be worn by anyone. She was very, like, I feel like she was one of the first brands that really catered to women of all different shapes and sizes. She was very body conscious. Yes. Very body conscious. Um, yeah. She was probably one of the first ones in the junior market to do that before JLo came in with her brand and started to do it. And now modern day, we have Khloe Kardashian doing it with denim. Mm-hmm. Um, but baby fat was definitely one that looked to women that had curves and really tried to create something really beautiful from that. Um, but they just, I, listen, I love baby fat. That was like, that was a splurge for me, but I was, you know, I was able to do it at that time. They had sales at Macy's all the time. My grandma would pick it up for me because I really loved it. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, so much nostalgia with baby fat. It is. And, and, you know, again, this was really the era of malls and yeah. going to the mall and shopping, you know, they kind of planted that seed in the eighties and then it just became such a huge hangout spot to be at the malls. So, of course, some notable mentions would be Gap was very big, Express, Old Navy. I mean, everyone just shopped there. That was the whole thing. And so, um, you know, basically the stuff that we know of today, and I'm not going to get into brands, like I'm not going to get into Gap, Express, or Old yeah. Navy because th- this is already a long enough episode. <laughs> but basically, you know, you can see here a lot of these pieces, there's, if you just Google a lot of them, you'll see a lot of influence today. And what people are wearing now. So if you do happen to come across some of these pieces and they are very reminiscent of what you're seeing today, um, 100% pick it up because that can be really good money in your pocket. Here's a bold prediction. I predict that because the 80s and 90s trend is so hot, and I think it's going to continue over the next couple of years probably, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a resurgence of people wanting to go to the mall 
to see pieces because it's an experience now. A mall is not before it was a hangout spot. Now it's more of an experience because mm, let's just say 2020 to 2022 really changed your perspective on a lot of different things. And yes, I know some malls in certain areas are not doing well, but there's a lot of malls and areas that are doing really, really well and they're growing and expanding. So mm -hmm. I think with the resurgence of all these fashion trends, you're going to see brands wanting to sprinkle back into the mall to have people be able to feel in touch and want to purchase based off of that. I think that people miss that aspect of shopping. Online shopping is great, but let me tell you, it's a pain in the butt to return every single thing that you buy because it doesn't fit right because you couldn't find it in the store. Like there is something really special about that. And I do feel like I see younger kids going to the mall that maybe didn't go to the mall five or six years ago. Like that newer generation is starting to go there and want to experience things. So I'll be curious to see how all of this 80s and 90s translates over the next few years. But that's my bold prediction. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I want malls to stay. I don't want them to go away. I love malls. Outdoor, indoor. I love them. I like them too. I do. I actually have to go to the mall after this. So see that? <laughs> <laughs> well guys i hope this was fun and helpful and it, it takes you down memory lane a little bit but if you are into selling vintage or you want to dabble into it i feel like the 80s and 90s is a really safe place to to go right now to start selling that kind of stuff it's just so big clearly given what jen has told us about what's on the resale market so i say go out there explore have fun go on youtube and watch some videos of what people are picking up because if you google and if you put any of this i should say in youtube you're going to find people posting videos about it. And I just think it's a fun, it's just fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Um, next week, I have a fun episode for you guys with Crystal from our Patreon group. So stay tuned for that. Crystal's great at like knowing all the cores that exist on the planet. Love so it. she came on last year. We're going to have her back on now to talk about the cores that um, are big in the summer and that are going to transition to the fall. So excited for that episode. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks everyone. We'll chat soon. Bye. Bye. -bye.